Welcome to the Dental Breakdown Show. This show is where we break down issues in the dental marketplace. It's April 23rd, and this is podcast two of two. My name is Christian White, the CEO of White & Associates Practice Consulting, Better Business, Better Dentistry. Today, we are talking about the speciality of oral facial pain with Dr. James Frickton. Dr. James Frickton, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Thank you, Christian. Yes, uh, I'm a professor emeritus at the University of Minnesota, trained at University of Iowa and UCLA in pain management, anesthesiology. And at the University of Minnesota, uh, we developed uh, an orofacial pain program uh, that included uh, graduate training, advanced specialty training. It also included a clinic to provide interdisciplinary management of patients. Uh, And I also set up a clinical practice called the Minnesota Head and Neck Pain Clinic, which I'll talk about today. Uh, So right now, my focus is really on on developing strategies for which to really help patients with all types of chronic pain, and particularly to focus on preventing chronic pain. So thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Uh, It's nice to have you back on the show. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of great information I'm going to share today, Um, which leads me to my first point. So um, the new specialty of oral facial pain, um, this is something that you've been working on and you've put a lot of uh, time and effort into it. How does this uh, area benefit the uh, private dentist? Well, that's a good question. Um, in March, on March 31st of 2020 this year, the ADA National Commission on Recognition of Dental Specialties and Certifying Boards recognized that we met all of the requirements for specialty and acknowledged that uh, and approved a specialty in oral facial pain. So this is a very important uh, move on the part of the dental profession and the American Dental Association. We've been working on this for the last 30, 40 years or so in terms of developing the field, developing an American Board of Oral Facial Pain, developing clinical practices in the area, and making sure that our graduate programs, we have about 12 around the country right now, they're all CODA accredited by the Commission on Dental Accreditation. And so it's a long process of really gaining recognition and approval of the specialty. But the most important thing for dentists that we all need to know about with regard to oral facial pain is that this is a highly prevalent problem. 40% of the population has some signs and symptoms of oral facial pain disorders, including temporal mandibular disorders, headache disorders, neurovascular, neuropathic pain, persistent dental pain, ear pain, um, neck and shoulder pain that's associated with it. All of these conditions are very common and we see them on a daily basis within your dental practice. We want to make sure that everybody, all dentists as well as other health professionals, really understand, recognize, uh, prevent, and do early intervention for these conditions. Okay. Um, so if I am a private dentist, uh, Dr. Frickton, you know, getting involved with this new speciality, you know, um, why would I want to do that? You know, how would that bring value to my practice and to my patients by exploring this uh, speciality? 
Well, this specialty is, is important for the general dentist to, to bring additional value to the practice and the fact that um, we bill everything on a medical insurance plan. And so dentistry historically has always been paid by procedure within healthcare and within health plans and medical plans were reimbursed by time. It takes time to really evaluate, diagnose, and manage patients with orofacial pain condition. And we, in, we integrate many evidence-based uh, treatments together to provide the best care. So within a general dental practice, if you have 10, 20, 30% of your patients with headaches or jaw pain or clicking and popping in the jaw joints, Historically, we've always thought, well, that's related to occlusion, and we treat the occlusion. Well, now we know that treating the occlusion does not necessarily resolve the pain. And we've done a significant amount of research looking at what are the causes of TMD and other orofacial pain conditions and find that they're multifactorial. And so with the general dentist, uh, there are tools right now out there that we've developed so the general dentist can really take a portion of their practice and implement that in TMD and orofacial pain, particularly the simple, more, less complex patients, and provide, for instance, uh, there's a tool called Speed to Treat. Uh, it's on the website speedtotreat.com, speed to, number two, treat. And it is a... Uh, a strategy for which to provide um, immediate care for patients who have TMD and orofacial pain conditions. Um, we also, for chronic pain patients, we have tools such as uh, the pactforpain.com, which is a, a uh, self-management training program for patients to uh, both identify and to change all the different uh, causes of TMD and orofacial pain. So those are a couple tools that dentists can use within their practices to really broaden their care. Now, of course, we also have uh, and would like uh, most dentists to recognize the fact that there are complicated patients out there that have multiple what we call comorbid conditions. They have neck and shoulder, they have headaches, they have jaw pain, uh, they have neuropathic pain, um, and these are patients that require more of an interdisciplinary care, which we integrate physical therapy, sometimes health psychology, health coaching, uh, to implement self-management, as well as splints, medications, sometimes injections. And they require a more interdisciplinary, integrated program to really help uh, manage those patients. Uh, and so general all general dentists need to be able to identify and diagnose, do prevention, and early intervention. Um, and you should be able to be reimbursed by medical health plans in addition to dental plans. So then the, uh, obviously <clears throat> the, the reimbursement on a medical plan would be you know, much higher than if the dentist were to do this just through a regular insurance plan, correct? Uh, that's correct. Because we get paid for by time for our office visits and consults, uh, we can have a portion of our practices involving uh, medical insurance, and the reimbursement is uh, by time comparable to that with uh, physicians. In fact, in 1987, we are the first state in the country 
to require that all medical health plans reimburse dentists on an equal and integrated basis as physicians for TMD and orofacial pain conditions. So it was a very landmark. And since then, every state now reimburses dentists for medical insurance through medical insurance uh, for orofacial pain conditions, and including Medicare and Medicaid. That's, uh, that's good information to know that. <laughs> uh, so for the private dentist then, um, as well you know, as uh, for you, then it's, it's all about uh, dealing with chronic pain and ending the chronic pain that a lot of these patients are dealing with. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. <clears throat> we deal with, as I mentioned, 30 to 40% of the population has a TMD or oral facial pain condition. Um, and, and we include within that uh, sleep disorders such as snoring and sleep apnea as part of the, the care model because it's all involved in the oral facial area there. And so the patients um, often start out with acute pain. And interestingly enough, one of the most important causes of TMD pain is going to the dentist, having your mouth open for an extended period of time for a um, too wide, and that will strain and injure the joint and the muscles of mastication here and here. And with that, uh, about 40% of our patients, the onset event was after they went to the dentist or had their wisdom teeth extracted or had their mouth open for endodontic treatment, et cetera. Now in those situations, uh, it's an acute pain problem. However, and this is the sad fact. Uh, multiple studies have shown this. 50% of the people who have pain at one month after onset still have pain five years later. They become chronic. Half of the patients that have started out with acute pain uh, become chronic pain and much more complicated. And the reason for that is because there are so many patient-centered lifestyle factors such as clenching and grinding or stress or poor posture, um, dietary factors, lack of sleep, um, anxiety, all of these things generate a significant amount of muscle tension peripherally, as well as within the brain, it sort of turns the volume up on pain. And so it becomes chronic. And so what we need to do as dentists, as well as, uh, uh, is recognize the fact that the dent, all dentists are gonna see these patients when they're in the acute phase. Now, whether it's caused by chewing on something or whether it's caused by singing or yawning or a blow to the jaw or whiplash injury, patients first go to their dentist when they have pain in the face and the jaw. Sometimes they go to emergency rooms but frequently the dentist is responsible for the management. So we need to really recognize these patients early and know what to do. And that's why we developed the Speed the Treat program so that uh, we can put in a splint, but we also need to go through the exercises, change the behavior patterns that uh, might be driving delayed recovery and really uh, increase the uh, success of managing at that acute level. So it's not all chronic pain. It may be acute pain, which uh, we have, and dentists have the ability to manage. Now the question is, how do you get reimbursed for that? And that's why we 
you know, we, we do have uh, fees associated with that. And we suggest that we bill it medical. And there's a whole training program on how to do that. And okay. every dentist needs to learn that. And that's where uh, consultants such as yourself can really be very helpful. Okay, wonderful. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um, so let me move on to the, our next topic real quick. Um, you know, how does you know, your, your clinic, your head and neck and pain clinic, you know, deal with a lot of these issues you know, and, and really bring value uh, to, to the patients who have these problems? Well, yes, I started the Minnesota Head and Neck Pain Clinic um, back in 19, um, about 1990 or so, and we've been operating now for 25 to 30 years or so, and it's a very unique clinic throughout all of Minnesota and the country because we started it originally to bring physicians together with dentists to provide the highest quality evidence-based care and really begin to improve access to care. So being at the university, we had a clinic and we had physicians and physical therapists, psychologists, oral surgeons, we all worked together. And there was a, a, a feeling that all these patients have to be referred to the university. Well, we felt that no, if we're going to really improve access to care, remember 30 to 40% of the population has these problems, we need to implement this strategy in clinical practice. And so we started the Minnesota Head and Neck Pain Clinic with uh, Dr. Mary Kwan originally. Now we have a physician, Dr. Al Clavel, Miles Belgrade, as well as physical therapists, health psychologists, and health coaches to really support us in providing that evidence-based care. So not, and we call it not just a treatment of a problem. We believe it's more of a transformative care model where you integrate treatment with training of the patients to reduce those risk factors that are delaying recovery and causing this 50% uh, of the patients to become chronic. And, and they're complicated. I mean, one of the most common ones, of course, is clenching and grinding. And every dentist needs to help patients reduce clenching and grinding, whether it's with a splint, but as, as importantly is how to change that behavior pattern during the day of touching your teeth, bringing your teeth together, uh, et cetera. So it's a very common habit we all have, but when you have an injury to the muscles or joints uh, or the nerves in the area, clenching is gonna cause a delayed recovery. And so as part of Minnesota Head and Neck Pain Clinic, we provide this interdisciplinary, integrated, and transformative type of care. So we have training programs like the PACT for Pain, P-A-C-T for Pain.com, we have coaches that work with patients over the phone using telehealth. We have physical therapists that work with patients, giving them exercises, working on improving range of motion, both of the jaw and the neck, because we see mostly patients that have jaw, head, and neck pain problems. So when you have a jaw problem, frequently you have headaches, and you might have neck and shoulder also, and we work together. So I'll give you an example of a patient that we treated uh, recently. Um, this was an 81-year-old gentleman that I saw, and actually he didn't seek care with us. He happened to be in the room when I was managing his daughter and his wife who had jaw problems and headaches and neck pain. And after about two months, and he would come to every visit, listen to what I would say, 
he came to me and says, I wonder if you could help me. I have had headaches and jaw pain every day for the last 65 years. Now remember, he's 81 years of age. Wow. So he started this when he was 16. Wow. And so um, I said, of course, confidently, uh, yes, we're very happy to help you. We have to identify what's causing these symptoms, these problems to continue over time. So we integrated a training program for him. We also gave him a splint. We gave him some medications to relax the muscles while he's sleeping. We did a lot of physical therapy, both on his neck and his jaw. Um, and he had a coaching support for implementing self-management. And surprisingly enough, or not surprising from my perspective, in about two months, his headaches came down from daily to about once every two weeks. And, so, and this was a, the surprising part about that. He came in and he was so angry. <laughs> I said, why are you angry? Why? Yeah. You shouldn't be angry. You'd be delighted. He says, I'm angry because I'm 81. And I, if somebody had told me these things when I was 10 years ago or 20 or 30, 40 years ago, I didn't have to go through my entire life with jaw pain and headaches. And he learned to live with it. He was a vice president of a major company here in the Twin Cities. But it's one of those things that we can prevent this from happening. And every dentist needs to understand how to do that. And to refer patients if they don't know how to manage it within their own practices. And so Minnesota Head Neck is a unique clinic because we do treat both simple and acute as well as complex. We have very high patient satisfaction. We have very good outcomes. In fact, health plans consider that we're very inexpensive relatively to how much chronic pain costs. In fact, the average dollar amount that a pain patient spends on a yearly basis is about $30,000 per year on healthcare costs. Wow. And we are super um, sort of inexpensive relative to that because we're successful in managing patients. Um, so it's a very unique clinic, and uh, we're very happy to see patients uh, refer to us, but we also want to train you on how to manage these patients within your practices. I think as I sit here and, and listen to you, uh, Dr. Frickton, the training piece, the self-training piece is something that uh, at least I don't always hear about in terms of when you're talking about care. Um, that's, uh, that's something that that's, it seems to be very unique to your practice? Yeah, unfortunately, it is unique to our practice because, we're, first of all, we want to make sure patients get better. And if 80% of their success is really based on what they do, and 20% is based on the treatments, um, you have to train patients to reduce those factors that drive chronic pain. And that's why we have a telehealth online training program, a risk assessment to identify those causes, and we do telehealth coaching to really provide that support for patients to make the changes that they need to, to make within their daily life. And so self-care is really critical. However, there's a lot of uh, very good evidence-based treatments that we have out there. For instance, splints show significant efficacy if they're adjusted properly, they're, they fit well, they were worn at night. We don't find that occlusal treatments work very well. Although if you have a major open bite on one side, 
Obviously, you're not chewing very well, it can add strain to the jaw, and occlusal treatments uh, are needed, for instance, crown and bridge, orthodontics, etc. However, as an initial treatment, we do not use occlusal treatments. We first of all get the pain under control with a combination of splints, exercises, physical therapy, sometimes medication, and a lot of self-management counseling support on how to make those changes occur. And it's interesting, I have another patient that I saw on a telemedicine visit during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic crisis. Our clinic is closed. And so we talked last time when we got together about uh, telehealth. Mm -hmm. Well, this patient I have not seen in person yet. Um, he's a 32-year-old gentleman who is from Northern Minnesota and he scheduled a telemedicine visit with me, and he had lots of jaw pain, clicking, popping, locking in the jaw, headaches, neck and shoulder pain, which is very typical of most patients. And so I saw him one time three weeks ago, and I just followed him up um, uh, yesterday uh, for a follow-up telemedicine. Now, I have not seen this person in, in person yet, but I was able to do a self-examination on him to really identify the diagnosis, get some of his past uh, records to confirm that. And I went through a, not only an evaluation and explained the diagnosis, but also a simple self-care training program. Now, I saw him yesterday, and he had a couple years of pain. His pain, within three weeks, was practically gone. He was delighted. He said, oh, I still have clicking in the joints, but the ear pain's gone, the headaches are gone, the jaw pain's gone. Now that's a little on the unusual side. Most patients take three, four, five months or so for rehabilitation, but um, it's an example of how um, everybody can provide this type of self-management training uh, within, a, within a particular, within your clinic setting. Okay. Thank you very much for that. That was awesome. That was really great information. The Dental Breakdown Show, sponsored by White & Associates Practice Consulting. Better business, better dentistry. They are a practice management consulting firm for dentists and other healthcare-related businesses. Their sole purpose is to implement proven strategies through online and in-practice visits and result in the personal professional success of the dentist and his or her team. So Dr. Frickton, uh, why don't you give me the state of the union, so to speak, as far as the trends that are going on and that are affecting the oral facial pain in the uh, dental marketplace? Well, happy to uh, discuss that because um, the American Dental Association has recognized how important it is now to broaden dentistry into uh, fields, new fields. Uh, for instance, they approved last year dental anesthesiology as a profession. And for instance, in Minnesota, we only have one dental anesthesiology. There's a great potential there. In addition, this year, uh, the National uh, Commission has approved oral medicine, which focuses a lot on medically compromised patients, oral lesions, clinical aspects of uh, and some oral facial pain also uh, burning mouth as a good example uh, and then of course oral facial pain and we need to recognize that um, dentistry the profession of dentistry is doing a very good job in helping on the prevention side and what i mean by that saying that if you look at the trends of prevalence data from 1988 
down to 2008 and now in 2020, we find that adolescent adult and adult decay carries, periodontal disease, and missing teeth have all dropped by about 50% in prevalence. Now, those are our critical sort of diseases that dentists provide care for. And if we continue to do such a great job with uh, dental hygiene, oral hygiene, and preventing these diseases, dentistry needs to broaden itself. And these three new areas, anesthesiology, oral facial pain, oral medicine, are areas that, that we need to embrace. We all need to understand. In fact, right now we have a proposal to the Commission for Dental Accreditation for all dental schools to teach oral facial pain and TMD problems, at least to have one class in it and to have some clinical training and expertise in that because we need to. So one of the big trends, of course, is to expand dentistry into these areas and realize that even though it's a specialty, specialties need to be recognized and uh, by every dentist and needs to be, to some extent, implemented for the more simple uh, versus complex patients in their practice. So another one, another trend that's really important in dentistry is this whole movement towards evidence-based dentistry. We really want to make sure that in the oral facial pain area that we don't do anything that is not going to be helpful for the patient long-term, is going to be expensive, and uh, it's not focused on really what works the best. And so there's a ton of evidence-based research, clinical trials on things that work well, including splints, physical therapy and exercise, cognitive behavioral therapies, certain medications can be very useful, surgery in some cases of major structural problems in the joints all have a lot of evidence behind them, and uh, we can certainly uh, rely on that to make sure that we provide the best quality care. Um, and then the other thing that's a trend that's going on throughout the country, in fact, the International Association for the Study of Pain has made the year of 2020 as the year of preventing pain. And so <clears throat> all of medicine now is following dentistry's example on the focus of dentistry, in or focus on prevention. Uh, for instance, uh, in dentistry, we have dental hygienists that that's what they do is teach patients how to care for themselves, how to prevent oral diseases. In medicine, unfortunately, they have public health, which is sort of an academic area, research area apart from it, but they don't integrate prevention very well into routine care. And so there is a movement in medicine and in dentistry, particularly within the pain area, to say, well, how do we prevent this delayed recovery and the development of chronic pain? And so those three areas, and there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of uh, research, for instance, on identifying these risk factors that drive chronic pain. And they occur in seven areas or realms of our life. Uh, there's risk factors in the mind and body and emotions within the lifestyle or behavior patterns we have within the environment. For instance, I always talk to patients about, well, how do you avoid uh, an accident while you're driving, which is one of the uh, causes of chronic pain is car accidents. Well, you give yourself plenty of time. You don't go too fast. You always make sure that you change the lanes carefully. 
we, we don't want to have accidents. And so we have a course at the University of Minnesota on preventing chronic pain. And it's at a website called Coursera.org, CourseRA.org. And if you search prevent, preventing chronic pain um, and you search uh, Fricton, I'm the course director of that. And we have had, it's a free course for anybody and you can get dental continuing dental education credit for it. And it, we've had about 60,000 people from every country in the world take that course. And it has stimulated lots of research and, and focus on preventing chronic pain just like dentists have been doing for the last 50 years. So we thank dentistry sort of moving medicine into that direction. Wonderful. Uh, that is all uh, really great information to know about. Those are trends that uh, everybody can kind of keep an eye on as we look to the future. Um, now, our next topic is one that I've kind of been waiting for. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about you specifically in terms of your patients, the relationships you have with your patients, but most importantly, you know, why do these people continue to come back and see you? What makes you so unique and why do your patients love you so much? Well, that's kind of a self-centered kind of question. But it's um, good. But the most important thing, and we all know this as every dentist um, and every health professional, is if you care about the patient, you know, if you have compassion, if you listen, if you understand, and you really try to help them because of that sort of drive towards helping others, that is really what motivates most health professionals to get into this field. And I'm very uh, proud to have trained many health professionals, dentists in this field of oral facial pain. And I think that's probably the number one quality that they all have is that they have this tremendous compassion for other people and they really wanna help. And uh, at the same time, from my perspective, uh, how do I do that within the clinic? Well, when a first patient first walks in the door, I introduce myself, I shake my hand, shake their hand or uh, really greet them and, and look at them and listen to them and say, well, how can I help you? I mean, those things are so important to say that first sort of relationship development um, when you first get in the room and then you say, well, tell me more, tell me what else is going on. I mean, they may come in with clicking in the joints or locking. Then I ask, well, do you have any facial pain? Oh yes, right. I do. Does it go down into the teeth? Do you have any tooth pain sensitivity to hot and cold? Is it causing any headaches up here? How about neck and shoulder pain and any other symptoms? So, always asking the patient to, so you understand the big picture of what's happening to the patient. And then you get to know them a little bit about what are their risk factors, uh, for instance, and we ask personal questions, stress uh, to some extent, although we don't want them to imply or be implied that this is a stress-related problem. It is a physical injury physical strain, physical problem that patients really need to understand. However, as we explained, there are factors that can cause the physical strain to continue over time. And so we explain the cycle, the pain cycle that occurs, that you have this physical problem, it's causing symptoms. But at the same time, there are 
things that either injured or strained the muscles, joints, and nerves. And stressors indirectly will turn the volume up on the pain and that you get into this cycle. And we explain that to patients. So part of it is not only developing that uh, relationship, that caring relationship, but it's also educating the patient on what is going on, what the condition is, how the pain cycle occurs. And the last thing is probably most important is about teaching them how they can manage that pain long-term. And that's probably what's so unique in our clinic is that focus on self-care. Patients leave, they know what to do, um, and they're very clear about it, and then we support them over six months. Um, and so, but it all starts with that relationship. It's a very important. You know, in the, in the dental marketplace, uh, Dr. Frickton, the fact that, you know, the relationship comes first is, uh, you know, in some areas it's, it's unique. It shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, most patients, um, you know, their biggest complaint uh, when they see the dentist is you know, knowing he or she didn't spend any time to me and no one listened to me. Um, I think you would agree with me on that, that the listening piece is the deciding factor from a patient in terms of the quality of the visit in your office. Very true. In addition to that, um, expectation is important. For, so for instance, a lot of patients come in and they've had five years of pain and they expect you to give them a medication, a drug that's just going to miraculously take away their pain. And so by educating them and realizing that it's uh, it has to heal and it's going to take three, four, five, six months to, to really heal. Um, and that so much of what encourages healing is to reduce those factors that are putting uh, strain on. And so the bottom line though, after six months is that the pain is either gone or, or minimal. And I have a story of a eight year old girl that was really funny. Uh, at my first visit and her parents were there and she's in the chair and I examined her and she has lots of jaw pain. She's only eight years old. She has headaches. And a lot of times young children will not tell you they have headaches or jaw pain. You have to kind of ask them. So every dentist needs to ask their young uh, patients, uh, do they have any jaw pain, tooth pain, headaches? Because it may all be related to a variety of lifestyle factors that they can control. So one of the things I asked them, you know, during the visit after I examined them, explained things, do you ever hold your teeth together during the day? Now, if you say clenching, they interpret that as, but simply holding their teeth together will strain these muscles uh, in the jaw and, and will contribute to the headaches. And she says, what? You mean I'm not supposed to do that? I do that all day long. Uh, <laughs> so I said, no, do not no. do that. Uh, keep your tongue up, your teeth apart. Let your jaw hang there like a hammock. Don't touch your teeth ever except when you're eating. And she says, oh, my gosh. And so the next time she came in, you know, children, adolescents, uh, they get better fast. Um, as soon as they stop the habits that are contributing to the problem, and clenching is one of them, or bringing their teeth together. So it's kind of a funny story. That's a good story. That just uh, focuses on the points that you've already made. That's great. 
Um, you asked questions and you uh, listened and she went away feeling great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I think the next question I would like to focus on, you know, again, on you is talking about, you know, how you started and where you started and how you ended up to where you are. Today. You've kind of gone from average to great and you've got a, a little bit of a story there about how you've overcome some things. And I think being the fact that here we are sitting here in the middle of an epidemic with this coronavirus piece, I think the younger dentist who's either sitting in school wondering, oh my gosh, what should I do? Or is you know scared or people don't know what to do. I think it could gleam a lot from your story. So why don't you share that? Well, I'm happy that you, you asked because, um, you know, I've been in this, I've been a dentist since 1978 and I've been an orofacial pain specialist after my residency program in anesthesiology and pain management um, in 1980. And then I went on the faculty at the University of Minnesota till about uh, seven or eight years ago when I retired, but continued to see patients. And it's an interesting um, background, if you know, I'll be brief, but um, when I was uh, an undergraduate student at the University of Iowa, I was in pre-dentistry and I uh, ran a daycare center because I loved kids, I played around. So I would pick them up a lot, hug them and things like that. You know, they're all two, three years of age. Well, one of those times I injured my back and I'm 6'3", 155 pounds. So I'm tall and thin. And uh, it was really painful. Um, and I had a hard time getting to classes. I was just a sophomore it's not a junior at that time, a junior in college. And so uh, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so young. What am, how am I going to deal with this problem? And so at that time, I went to the doctor, of course, student health, and I went to a couple doctors, and they said, you're too young for surgery. You have unstable vertebrae, um, and uh, so you should just do these sit-ups. And, and I tried sit-ups over and over again, and it just made it worse. Ouch. And at that time, um, so I just happened to be with a roommate who was taking a class in yoga. Now, this was in, in 19, let's see, 73. So yo nobody knew about yoga nobody at knew that about time. That. No. no, in 1973. So I thought, well, I should just try it. So, of course, me, I didn't go to the class. I just took his handout and looked at it. And this is similar to why I developed so many handouts for my patients, because mm -hmm. sometimes they don't want to listen to a class. They'd rather just look at a handout. So I did the handout and I started doing the, and I've had pain for months now. Um, I started doing those within about two or three weeks, just like the stories of my patients, my pain completely went away. And I thought, what the heck? Why didn't the physicians know that this would be a very nice remedy for people with musculoskeletal pain. At that point, it perked my interest in pain and why people, the healthcare system doesn't seem to teach patients much about how to reduce that. And so I got into dental school. At that time, I wanted to learn more about alternative strategies. And one of those included acupuncture. And so I applied to get into a acupuncture program just to visit in the winter of Iowa of my junior year in dental school. It happened to be at UCLA. At that point, it was in a pain control unit that wasn't even in the medical school. 
And I learned about pain management strategies, including alternative ones, including hypnosis, acupuncture, yoga, and other things like that. At that point, it was fascinating to me, and there was nobody in the field of oral facial pain at the time. So when I graduated from University of Iowa Dental School, I uh, talked my way into the anesthesiology residency at UCLA, into the pain management program, which now had moved into the medical school. And I worked with Glenn Clark and uh, Dr. Bill Solberg in the dental school at the same time, but I was primarily a medical school residency. At that point, I decided I needed to um, get a job after a three-year residency program. And I think, well, what am I going to do in a field that nobody knows anything about? And so I just happened to have a, uh, the dean of the dental school at the time at the University of Minnesota heard me speak as a resident and uh, offered me a position here at the University of Minnesota. So I came here, started the program, yeah, the clinical, first of all, a clinic, then a training program, and I had Dr. Dennis Haley, Eric Schiffman, Dan Tilka as initial residents in that program. We also developed a research program, um, and uh, it, it flourished from that point, and we were really the first, uh, one of the first programs in the country. UCLA started, had the program, Kentucky with Jeff Okeson also did, and there's a variety of other programs around the country, but we were so, certainly pioneers in that. And we wanted to make sure that we broadened dentistry in, uh, beyond the, dr the sort of drilling and filling. And so that we really focused on the whole, whole oral facial structure. And we worked with oral maxillofacial surgeons very closely. We worked with oral medicine specialists. Nelson Rodas was very helpful. And, and we've, we've really helped develop the, this field. And at that point, then, we wanted to make sure that what we did at the University of Minnesota could be translated into clinical practice. And that's why we set up the Minnesota Head and Neck Pain Clinic um, and uh, have been providing care. And I still provide care there. Even though I'm retired from the university as a professor emeritus, I'm working with still patients uh, two, three days a week, and really developing strategies for which to integrate um, self-management training and prevention strategies into routine care. And that's where the speedthetreat.com, uh, the packedforpain.com programs, which really uh, integrate technology, digital technology, in a patient engagement platform that allows this to be integrated into routine care. But the most important thing about that, that development is that we've worked with health plans and health plans have been very, very supportive of this because they know that when you integrate self-management training with treatment, mm -hmm. that it provides long-term relief of the problem and saves billions of dollars in healthcare. And so they are. They decided and have supported the reimbursement of this as a way to uh, amplify or increase the success of of care in all types of pain problems. So we we work with TMD, oral facial pain, headaches, migraine. We also work with neck and shoulder pain and back pain within those programs. So it's interesting background. Mm -hmm. That is. Um, so for the younger dentists um, who's uh, out in the marketplace right now, if you were to give them 
you know, some advice or some words of wisdom, you know, what could you say to them right now, being the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic? Well, the advice I'd, I'd really make is, um, is to really uh, stay calm. We have calming practices within all the training programs uh, and realize that this is an opportunity to take a break, to reflect on yourself and your practice, on your patience, and really to establish what are your primary goals in life, uh, within your practice, within helping patients. Um, and focus on prevention. And so uh, I've done a lot of work in, in research on what drives chronic pain and chronic illness in general. And interestingly enough, all the risk factors that drive chronic pain are also risk factors that contribute to chronic illness um, and uh, decrease in lifespan and, and other problems. And so the, the whole focus on understanding yourself and your whole person uh, really maintain balance in life. And I actually, um, as a hobby, you know, I like to do art and I like to write. And so I wrote a novel, it's called The Last Scroll, and it talks about understanding the seven realms of your life and how um, you can really, by that understanding, really maximize your enjoyment of life. And so this COVID-19 pandemic kind of gives you an opportunity to self-reflect, mm -hmm. take a break from the practice, and to really set your goals and your priorities up to maintain this sort of holistic health and well-being that is so important to everybody's life. Thank you to Dr. James Frickton. It's my pleasure, Christian. It's a pleasure to talk to you today, and I, I'm happy to communicate with anybody, uh, talk to them about their interest in orofacial pain or prevention, wellness concepts. Uh, you can find me at uh, mhnpc.com or you can send an email. Um, I'm still have a University of Minnesota email at fric.t001 at umn.edu. Uh, so happy to help anybody. And if anybody's interested in a fellowship within orofacial pain, they should talk to myself or Dr. Corey Herman at Minnesota Hednick Pain Clinic. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to Dr. James Frichtup. I thought our conversation today on oral facial pain was very informative and very valuable to the private dentist. If you would like to contact Dr. James Frickton, please email him at FRICT001 at me.com. Again, I'm Christian White of White & Associates Practice Consulting, Better Business, Better Dentistry. If you'd like more information on today's topic, you can contact us at whitedentalconsulting.com slash breakdown. We'll see you next time on the Dental Breakdown Show.